And I think it's going to be about 16 degrees today. So it's going to be a beautiful spring day. And I do have Terry Kemper with me. Good morning, Terry. You do so. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. And uh, it's going to feel like spring for a couple days. Just don't look at the <laughs> forecast for midweek. So we're going to we're going to enjoy these couple days and uh, and go with that for right now. All right. Uh, so it's looking good. Yeah, get lots done in the, these next few days here, and yeah, and, look forward uh, to our typical uh, crazy spring weather. But um, yeah, yeah, and you're gonna have lots of people in there asking about trees and shrubs this uh, today. Um, just a friendly reminder: it's too early for trees and shrubs yet, for the most part. Um, it is, yeah, we, yeah. We'll get them in first week in May. We start getting stuff in. Really, just watching the weather. Um, I think you're bringing a few perennials in next week, and so That's we'll right. have yep. some stuff in. Yeah, the first it's, of our perennials are going to show up probably mid to late this uh, this coming week here, so really excited about that. Um, definitely feels like we've sort of turned that corner into spring, so uh, yeah, lots of really nice stuff coming in too. Um, Absolutely. Can't wait. Can't wait. And we, uh, I, I just have a, a bad memory about April 20th, um, I brought a truckload of spruce trees in on a project just west of Calgary. We were planting trees. We we're doing a, a big project and and all of a sudden it got minus twenty out. Oh. And then all the spruce trees that we brought in from our farm in BC, all the needles just froze on there and just <laughs> fell off. <laughs> um so that's it's tough. still yeah. early. So I, oh, I just is. I know I don't even go there and I've gone by some of the box stores and I see they already have their cedars and some stuff sitting outside and and uh, some trees rolling in already it, it, it's just too early right and like I said April can be up and down and 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 we're gonna see that like we're gonna have minus seven tomorrow night um, this week high of four or five later in the week but 16 today so um, that's how that's how spring goes right now and uh, once we get into May, we'll get more consistent weather. But right now, we're going to see these ups and downs. So, But you can still get out. And uh, I know my neighbors are out. A couple of them are just itching to get out and do some gardening. I've seen everybody doing some stuff. Uh, I've been doing a bunch of pre-landscaping. We're starting our hardscaping this coming week. Going to rip out some concrete and do some some pavers and a few other things. And uh, get ready yeah, to plant. We had, added some loam and things like that get ready to start plant but we're not going right. to plant for another month sort of mid-may is that you're usually pretty safe to start planting except for pansies pansies are okay they can be outside we got those sitting outside unless it gets that minus 20 terry then we'll have to roll that big concrete that planter could... inside <laughs> yeah but uh, but even minus seven minus five pansies um are totally okay they can um, take that yeah yeah, they're tough. I know. I seen you outside there. I don't know if you know if you know it. I seen you taking picture of the of the pansies. They had a big coating did, yeah. of frost out there. Yeah, I seen yeah, they, they weren't looking were so good, but I'm like, it was a good picture because it just shows how tough they are, right? So, um, and I walked by it this morning, and you wouldn't think they were the same plant. Like they were, uh, you think they had been replanted, but no, they just bounced right back. They look, uh, they look great. Yeah, no, and we got a bunch in our cold frames here, our, our unheated greenhouses. So we have our pansies and violas and a few petunias. Snapdragons are pretty tough. They can take 
um, that minus two, minus three, Petunia's minus two. They can't, uh, the minus seven, we might have to wheel the, the Petunia's in tonight. Um, but for the most part, those are the ones that can, can take this early season frost. And uh, we, we were visiting our growers this past week, and everybody's moving their pansies outside so they don't get stretched, stretched out on them. They keep them nice and tight. Right. And uh, so it's important to get that nice, crisp leaf. And uh, again, I was at uh, some of the other places and you just seeing some of the plants just getting too stretched out. They need that coolness for our early season. And a lot of people are already cutting them back a little bit, petunias and and some of the penny. They've, they've cut them for the sort of last time. They'll thicken up really nice for you. So those are a lot of things that you can do. If you, if you are growing some plants yourself and you started them a little bit early, got them in, in the house, don't be afraid to pinch them down, and that will really help thicken them up a bit. So, Yeah, I'm sure it will. I, um, I grew on some uh, – I have a, a sun porch in the front of my house, uh, which is not heated, and so I did a little experimenting this year. I always thought it was a little too cool in there to start some things, but uh, I've sort of treated it as a cool greenhouse, and I'm yeah. just kind of amazed at how much – um, I've been able to start and successfully. Uh, some of it I just thought, hey, you know what, this might not make it, but we'll try it and see. And for the most part, everything's taken, and it's it's nice, it's short, uh, it's getting lots of sun, uh, but it's um, it's not leggy, and it's it's going to be um, hardened off, ready to go outside, um, in good order. So excited about that. Absolutely. All right. And if anybody wants to join us, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. We do have a couple callers on there right now. Let's, we'll do uh, Marty here really quick before we head to a break. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Marlon Terry. How are you? We're doing, doing good. really good. Good. How can uh, we help you? A couple quick questions. Um, when can I fertilize the grass with Green It Up? I just dethatched it yesterday. When can I throw fertilizer down on you that? You can throw that on any time. Um, you can yeah, just make sure like to spread it out properly, and uh, you're totally fine. If you if you you can water it in, but you don't have to, and it'll be there ready when the ground warms up. It'll start getting that nutrients into the soil, and you're good to go. Okay, um, growing geraniums and tomatoes in a grow tent. What should I have on for like they're doing well, but should I have a? I was going to think of changing it up. Should I do a 14 hour on, 10 hour off cycle, or is that too much? No, that, that's totally fine. But some of them, your geraniums, you kind of want to get them uh, outside a bit too. Like when we start getting some warm days here, yeah, um, just to get some good cool air. Like they like the coolness at night too. Um, so that really just helps harden them off and just gets them that nice formation where they just grow a little bit. Because they can get leggy on you. They can, go, they can stretch out on you pretty quick if you keep them too warm. Yeah, I so, usually bring them up in the next couple of weeks. I'll take them in and out, and uh, but just for perfect. now, just to make sure that they uh, they have yep. what they need. Um, yeah, and just pinch them and pull the blooms off. Like yep. If you're getting any blooms, just pinch those off. Absolutely. And I would even just pinch the new growth, like pinch the top half inch off each one, all the okay. way around, depending on where it is. Okay. Um, that'll just help thicken them up. We used to always pinch our geraniums, and whenever we're buying, if we're from growers and stuff like that, when they're called pinched. They're always a premium, so that's so you just pinch off the just the top little um, node off the top of them, sort of half inch, and that will just help thicken them up all below, and okay. you and take off any of the blooms, so that way the growth is still going, 
towards foliage and new growth and not concentrate on any blooms yet. Right, yeah, I've been cutting off the blooms. And, and um, well, when do you uh, start doing your yard cleanup? I don't want to kill all the, the good bugs, like the ladybugs and that. When yeah, we st that? still couple, you can do some, um, but... Uh, yeah, it's better to leave it. Like if you got irises, some of them are already up. Like I was just looking around the neighborhood. I've seen some that already up six, eight inches, things like that. You can't stop it. Right. But a lot of the perennials are still, I wait till I start seeing like a two or three inches of green coming out of the bottom of them. If they're still dormant, I, I like to leave it for right. that reason. Exactly. And that's sort of mother's nature's way of of, you could trim off the tops a bit, it, like if it's if you have 12 inches of dead foliage, if you want to just tidy it up a bit so it looks a little bit better, mm -hmm. um, by all means. But it's good to leave, like, these next two weeks can be really good or really bad on plants. <laughs> like, a, like even this minus seven, if you fully expose some of your plants, there could be some frost damage happening. Okay, so probably wait until May, right? Early May? Yeah, 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 yeah early yeah. May, late April. Okay. Um, we should, like I said, but it'll give you the indication, like when you start seeing, when it starts pushing itself through the dead foliage, yeah. that's, it's a good indication. Okay, now you can give it some assistance, get in there and tidy it up. Carl Foresters and that, I wouldn't hesitate to cut them right back though right now. You can take them kind of right down and get them tidied up. They'll start sprouting out here soon. So some of the grasses and things like that, you're good to go. But okay. just some of your more tender ones. And if anybody has hydrangeas, you just wait to see the green growth starting to come off. So, we're, yeah, we're still two or three weeks away. Okay. And sod, um, laid out in May also, early May? Early May. But it, this, remember, whenever we're all of our sod is all growing locally, so it's only as green typically as what the rest <laughs> of the lawn is. A lot of people, when we send out sod in this early spring yeah. to early summer, they say, well, how come it's not green yet? Well, it follows the same growth pattern as a lot of the grasses in in everybody's yard too. So, um, so it's still dormant. It's getting green. So the earlier season, we start cutting. Yeah, typically the first of May, we'll start cutting sod and getting it ready to go. So when we see it in 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 your yard, it's good to go. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Have a good show. All right. Okay. Thanks, Marty. Yeah. Take All care. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh, one of those things, eh, Terry? Like this, it's. Like you said, it feels that yesterday was gorgeous. Like it, I was out in the, at the store, we were doing a bunch of stuff outside, getting things organized, and and today we're gonna have the same. But like I said, when you look in the forecast, Thursday, Friday, like we're only high of four. Like we're gonna feel like it's we're back to winter again, right? Yeah. That's, so it's that's still still cool for sure. Yeah. So we gotta I, just uh, pick pick and choose your chores. Yeah. Exactly. I um I was just poking around outside a little bit around my place just to see how things were going, um and I uh, I had a, two large patches of iris in the in the front of the house but they were covered under leaves so I thought well I'll take the first layer off just to see how they're doing and um, got down to the soil in some spots and and yeah I was finding like ladybugs galore under there so I I sort of took that top layer off and just left that sort of that bottom. Uh, bit there just for a couple more weeks because it's still still I think a little bit too early to be doing that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And uh and I just got a I got a text from Brad. We're heading into the playoffs for the for the NHL and we have a local guy who uh who builds birdhouses. So if you want to get a your favorite team or things like that out in the yard, <laughs> we have birdhouses with all the with all the NFL, NHL, all that kind of fun stuff. 
love supporting local people um, wherever we can. So um, if you have the playoff guy, if you're going to be think the Boston Bruins are going to do it, they've been <laughs> killing it all season. Yeah, support your team with the with the Boston Bruins. Or, or I did. Yeah, I, I did see those. Or the Maple Leafs. Yeah, I I I did see those. They're uh, they're really well done. Actually, they're they're nice. They're fun. Absolutely. We'll see if the Toronto Maple Leafs can break their Harold Ballard. Uh, <laughs> but I've seen so many Blue Jays already this year. Like, uh, um, so hey, who knows? Maybe maybe it'll be their year. Our yeah. Flames uh, aren't in it, so uh, it's uh, it's kind of like I just said to to everybody. Okay, now we can just concentrate on spring and gardening and all that stuff. <laughs> so we can forget about hockey. So uh, we'll just. I remember Gordy Jensen always at Sunnyside. He always he hated when the Flames went went further in the playoffs because it was always <laughs> slow those nights in, in the Garden Center. So you know, always want them to lose. But I'm, I'm too much of a Homer fan. I, I, I like them to win. So, anyways, we better take a break. When All right. we get back, we'll hit the we'll hit the the callers. Uh, if you want to join us, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. You're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. Yes, good morning, Merle. Great show. Uh, glad. To, Thank uh, you. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, uh, I've got a question about the uh, uh, old Schubert tree we have in our front yard. Um, it's probably 25 years plus, and it's near the end of its life. It's uh, gone through the black knot fungus cycle, and we've put that fun- okay. And anyways, it's uh, missing a lot of bark <laughs> on the main trunk. So, yeah. what, what, so what's happening now um, to replace it? I'm thinking uh, as, it, as, it, as it's struggling to survive, it sends out uh, runners or or sprouts. Oh, it'll up the start grass. suckering. Suckering. Yeah, it'll start suckering up like crazy. Yeah. So, so what I did uh, starting a couple of years ago already, I chose one sucker in the best position, and I let it grow, and it's about ten feet tall beside the tree now. If I cut the main tree down, will that sucker die too, or will it continue? No, nope. it should continue. Okay. Is it growing That's... right out of the ground? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep, right out of the ground. And you're and training uh... it like, a, yep, like a, okay. Like I would tree. get rid of it, yeah, because yeah, all uh, all the energy, a lot of that root system, um, you might get some a lot more suckering though. Depend, like when you cut that one down, right? You you It'll could continue. tense. You're gonna have yeah, and I I really I'd love to see more people. I've seen so much black knot again this spring, like just driving around, yeah. like on people's yeah. Schubert's. It's very contagious. So if you have it in your yard. It not only affects your trees, but you're sharing that with everybody else as well. And then also if you're near a native area, like I'm down by Fish Creek Park and some of the houses around um, just off of it, we they're seeing lots of black knot this spring. So it, it's definitely something that needs to get uh, cut out. If, if, you, if, if you're seeing some good growth and are you still seeing lots of black knot or are you cutting it out every no, that's spring like five years ago it hadn't come back since uh, okay since good then. yeah 
Okay, so good. I know we got some mountain ash. They carry it in the neighborhood in some of their bushes, but uh, nowhere near our house right now. And, yeah, it's under control in our vicinity right now. I know it's airborne, yeah. so it can float in from yeah, anywhere. Yeah, no, but yeah. if you if you keep your own under control, it's similar to with the Cotone Asher, you'll be fine. Yeah, so just, and how far away is the new one from the old one? It's about two, two meters. Okay, so that's a good distance. So what I would do is, yeah, take the old one out, you can even I would get the stump grinder out and yep. I would do that to do that this spring so cut the whole thing down get the stump grinder out and grind all that out and you'll get some suckering but yep. I would just dig down and remove those and uh, you should be good to go yep and the new one like I said in two years it's grown about 10 feet tall <laughs> oh no because all that energy is going to go to that yeah um from the existing root system as well so excellent yeah yeah, it's worth giving it a try and uh, go from there. Okay, thanks for your help. Awesome, thanks, Kevin. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's too bad, Terry. Eh? Like the Schuberts. I remember we used to sell like about two hundred a week. And, I was going to say, uh, I think it was the number one selling tree in Calgary for for years and years. Yeah, I don't. We don't even bring them in anymore. Like it's just, um, just the newer varieties. And I had, uh, and I, I'm pretty sure they're still, I think they're trying to propagate some of the older varieties. There's a couple uh, nurseries that I shared some cuttings with from um, a house I had at. There's a couple older varieties of Schubert's that don't get the, or get very little black knot. And so if we could get some of those older varieties back into into the system, um, would be would be nice to see. Because they are a good tree. You get the green, you get the flowers. You get pretty fast growth, and then you get the beautiful pink or purple foliage throughout the summer. Um, but then you get that dreaded black knot on it, which is, knot, not, yeah. which is no good. So, anyways, that's why we, we've been replacing that with a lot of recommendation of with the gladiator crab, with it, which is de disease resistant. It doesn't get as big, but you get beautiful pink flowers. You get ornamental fruit, and it's not messy. It stays on there. And for the most part, the birds eat all of it before it has a chance to, to fall off and make a mess. So you're not going to get the, the mosh pit like the old dog, old crab apple that we talk about. Right. So anyways, that's uh, one you can try. Let's go. We have time to – we'll go to Ralph. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning. Hi, Ralph. How can we help you? Hi. Well, hey. I'm walking around the yard, and I see – running out and starting to come to life amongst which are some peonies that start to, to pop up and I've been thinking that they probably need to be uh, separated a bit more I've got about three of them that are about a foot apart and they're really really healthy get lots of blooms in the spring later on and I think I need to retransplant them and, and, and separate them a little bit and I'm just wondering when is a good time of the year to do it now or in the fall I'll let Terry you want to answer that one yeah, sorry, I missed the uh, the type of plant that it is, or the type of perennial? Peony. Peony? Okay. Yeah. And they're about a foot apart? Yeah, yeah, they're pretty close together, and uh, you know, like a foot or so, and I think the roots, of course, are all going to be intertwined. Right. The easiest, well, not the easiest, the best time to move peren uh, peonies would be in the fall, so after they've gone through a bloom season and they've recharged, and they're... Okay sort of downloading that's the best time to to move them outside of that anytime you move a peony it's going to probably soak for a couple of years oh, so you'll want to watch if, okay. if you have to move it now you 
try and get as big a root ball you can. Yeah. And that's going to give you the best results. Okay. Well, I like to say they're they're foot, maybe foot and a half, but no more than that. Right. So, uh, and okay. So you just dig a big bunch of roots out and, and then transplant it in the same uh, depth, I guess, as to what I've dug them up. That's right. You want to make sure that the eyes on the top of the peony are no more than about an inch or inch and a half below the soil surface. Okay. If you go too okay, deep, they're not going to bloom for you. All right. All right. Well, we got to just take a break. Sorry, we're at the end of the hour here. Okay. Thanks, Ralph. All right. All right we got to take a break. Right. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening yeah. on Bye-bye. QR Calgary. Meet Liz. She's into yoga. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I think I'm the one who needs special treatment some days, Terry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the callers again. And just if we can just couple quick comments for Ralph. Um, peonies are the ones that they are pretty fussy when you move them, like you were saying. Um, if they're not planted at the same height, so really pay attention to that. And when you do divide them up, like get a really nice sharp shovel. When you just cut right through them, like don't gnaw at them. Like go get your get one of those good square blade shovels that are nice and solid. Put it on top and then just cut right through it. Make a nice clean cut. Um, that makes all the difference. Leave them out for a little bit. Let them heal over. And with those, I wouldn't even hesitate to put a little bit of even the copper spray or anything on those. Hey Terry, or what? Any any recommendations on? We can just we were just up against the clock there at the end of the hour, so we had to. We have to we have to end it there quick. Yeah, I mean it, it wouldn't wouldn't hurt uh, if you if you had some copper spray at the ready there uh, as you're replanting them. Um, that would be just fine. But uh, yeah, the biggest thing is like you know try them when you're separating them and, and moving them. Um, get divisions that have you know two or three eyes um, on them, and um, make nice clean cuts. Replant them um, with being sure because lots of times uh, if they go too deep, then they're not going to flower. And just expect that if you do move or touch them, they're not going to behave like they should for probably a couple of years. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> do those couple things. Um, Rage Plus is another great one. Or even the Mike's Rhizo, if you have some of that left over from a tree planting or a perennial mycorrhiza, if you get the Mike's product, use that on some of your perennials when you're doing that. It just gets the, the, the soil living and really helps with some of that stuff when you're moving them because our soils it's heavy and and there's nothing in it like so any anything you can do to to help with that a little bit of sea soil when you're when you're digging out your old soil sort of mix it a half and half or a third sea soil and two-thirds existing something like that just to soften it up a little bit add a little bit of nutrients in there and you'll see a big difference in a lot of your perennials let's go to Clint. Good morning, Clint. Hello. Hey, how can we help you? I, I just got a quick question. I, um, the one fellow answered my question. I was wondering about cleaning up the yard, so he answered that question for me. But uh, I've got a birch tree. I trimmed it last late fall, early winter, like you're supposed to. And now I notice I've got a branch that's leaking quite a bit of sap this right now. Yeah, so see, they should be pruned when they're in midsummer. Oh, yeah, no. I, read, I was reading on the net that it said late fall, early winter. Yeah, maybe that was 
California or something. <laughs> I, just, oh, I don't know. Okay. That's it's our our area. So ma maples and birch typically you want to do them when they're fully leafed out in July, like June, July. Oh, okay. Yeah, if you do it later in the season like that, or over the winter when that when the sap starts running, you're gonna get lots of oozing. They'll start. They sh should be okay. Just ensure that as soon as it thaws here a bit more, Clint, ensure that you're giving it that slow, deep watering. And Rage Plus. Birch Rage. trees love Rage Plus. Like do the do the soil drench of water around the drip line yep. uh, like with the slow soil grows. And then mix a few pails of the Rage Plus around the drip line and put that into your birch tree. They okay, love like it. just put like, it in the ground around the birch tree? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, mix it with water. Pour it in around the drip line. Honestly, birch trees love it. Like we've had um, customers come in where the top third had died off. And as long as you catch it within the first year or so, um, yeah. it's pushed life right back in, right to the top of the tree. Oh, okay, so. beautiful. Yeah, because my it's still in pretty good shape. Like I'm sure it's a, it's a pretty old tree, right? Because uh, I'm sure it's been in in this yard for a long time. It was here before I bought the house, and I've been here for about 15 years now. So. Um, yeah. So, yeah, but I just noticed that. And I guess I got one other question about that. I've noticed on the bottom of it, it kind of looks like there's a – looks like dirt's been pushed up onto it, but I think it's bark actually missing, and I'm not sure if it's mold or not. Do you, do you know what that might be? Uh, Terry, it, my, my one thought is that you, sometimes the yellow-bellied sapsuckers like getting in there, and they sort of like to gnaw, and sometimes you'll see – or it could be a type of boar getting in there. So just maybe have a closer look, or if you if you can snap a picture, you can text it to Terry and I at okay. the same phone number, and we can have a look at it. Um, okay. Yeah. Any any thoughts on that, Terry? Yeah, it's hard to say what's going on there. I was going to say, sort of get on your hands and knees and sort of investigate and see what um, see what you can find there if there's evidence of you know it's being attacked by like say boar or um bird perhaps but um, yeah well i kind of yeah. wondered because i know i got a rabbit that lays kind of on that side of the tree too right, right. so i kind of wondered if it was from that or not also okay and just remember those aren't glossette raisins underneath there no, I know. <laughs> my, I wish my dog knew that, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 you have a dog like that too, eh? Loves to. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So. Alrighty. Okay, right on. Okay, well, thanks for your help, and you guys have a great day. Thanks, Clint. Take care. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye, -bye. All right. Let's go to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. How can we help you? Uh, got a couple questions this morning. Um, the first one, we're looking to expand a garden bed in our backyard um, to just give us a larger area to plant some things. Um, the caveat to that is on the other side of our fence where the existing garden bed is, uh, our neighbor has, has quite a large blue spruce tree. Um, so I was wondering how far we should be building out this garden bed away from um, that spruce tree just to set us up for success. Uh, the existing bed isn't like under the drip line or anything like that, but we have been noticing over the years that the soil gets, uh, I don't know how to describe it, quite thin and sandy almost, and I'm thinking that might be because of the, the spruce tree. Yeah, it definitely is. needs to be um, replenished as well every year. You need to amend it every spring. Um, so there's a few products you can use the sea soil, 
Um, there's a few other composts, three-in-one mix. And what do you plan on growing in your boxes? Uh, not the boxes. It'll just be an in-ground bed. We're just looking to add some more uh, perennials and hopefully establish a couple okay. of new plants too. Yeah, so just a good garden mix and uh, any of the black gold soils. Like There's lots of good garden mix compost you can add to it, um, thicken it up, give it some good good, good dark earth. Any other, and, and away from the spruce tree, if you're away from the drip line, you should be good. And again, just you want to ensure that you're amending the soil at least once a year. Okay, and that'll and that'll have to be done kind of every spring sort of thing moving forward? Yeah, for the most part. I like doing it in the fall if you're doing lots of perennials because then it kind of works like a mulch and it covers it for the, for the winter time. You can fill in some of those spots and then in the spring some of those nutrients have already soaked into the into your ground and then you can just work it in and first thing in the spring so a lot of times i like to do it in the fall okay and how how far away should i be kind of building out these uh like our garden beds uh, it really depends how far how big you want to get right you can six eight feet like th that's a good width for uh when you can do a multi-tiered perennial shrub bed sort of thing Okay. Yeah, we're just trying to set us up for success. So hopefully the the soil is a little bit better compared to absolutely closer, closer to that tree. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Any of them? Um, like the the bulk garden soils are great. Like I said, the compost and depending on how big you can get it delivered in in the like the big yellow bay or you can get bulk. Like we have the garden mix in bulk. So by all means, any of those uh, remedies will definitely help. Okay. Right on. And second question. Um, we have a couple of lilac bushes that we're looking to do that uh, rejuvenation um, cut to them that you guys have talked about previously. Yeah. Um, how far should we be taking those to the ground, or should we be? How? I just want to know how much to leave there. Hey Terry, you can go ahead and do that one. How old are the uh, lilacs? Do you, do you know? I don't know. We've lived in this house for only uh, a couple years now, and uh, it was the original owners beforehand. So we're just trying to. Okay. Are they fairly woody? Like, probably. Yeah, there are. They're pretty dense, pretty woody. Okay. Uh, lilacs are tough, so I mean, you can go pretty aggressive with them. I've generally taken mine down when I've done some rejuvenation pruning down within, you know, um, six inches to a foot of uh, above the soil line. Okay. And are they? Would we expect them to kind of come back a little bit this year, or is it just kind of we're giving up a full year of growth? I know we're not. So you will give up flowers uh, if you do it now, obviously. Um, but if they'll probably bounce back, I'd say they'll put on a tremendous amount of growth this year because they've got all that energy that uh, is in the root system now stored. And then when it comes to push and that previous year's growth is not there for them to push into, they'll start growing, um, putting on new growth this year. You might be a couple of years before they're sort of back to where they're, they're blooming again. Okay. But just make sure that you're if you if you're trying to push some blooms on that, it wouldn't hurt to maybe just treat them a little bit uh, to some fifteen thirty fifteen fertilizer. Okay. Would help them out for sure. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Great. Thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. Yep. Take care. Thanks, Jeff. Bye bye. All right. We got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Got a quick text here. Good morning, fellas. I have a few larch, each about five to six feet. The tree, the deer have 
delimbed this winter. Any hope of them to produce branches and felt um, from Lori? Good chance. Um, I would just trim it up, try and even it up what you can with there's, if there's any branches left. And larch are fairly quick. As long as the deer hasn't gone in and stripped the main trunk, there's probably a good chance it'll send out some new growth on that. Um, in the springtime, and depending on how old they are, they can relimb themselves a bit. A lot better chance of them doing it than a spruce tree. But it'll take a bit of time to to even up on those. And so next year, if you're going to have the larch, obviously you maybe want to look at using Bobex throughout the season, sort of once a month, give it a spray with Bobex, and that's just a deer deterrent that will help keep them off of your beautiful plants, which they're going to be coming out right now. The, the, there's not a lot of greenery. So if you have cedars, junipers, spruce trees, apple they love getting on there and chewing they'll start rotting here soon they'll start digging up uh, the branches on your trees and shrubs and uh starting to see quite a few of them like i like i said i'm closer to fish creek park um we have deer roaming around our street quite often and most of the cedars in my area have been pruned where they're about a foot or six inches wide along the bottom to about five feet, and then they look like a topiary. So they're very good at doing topiaries, Terry. So, yeah, they are. So <laughs> way, way too good at that. <laughs> yeah, and there's uh, and unfortunately in Calgary, it's hard to get your cedar to grow back again from the bottom. So you can can trim them up, sort of create like a pom pom. Um, Mark, our pruning guy, he uh, he sent me a picture. He had a gnarly looking spruce or juniper in his in his yard um that has been neglected he had uh, got a new house and there was a one juniper that was neglected over the years and he trimmed him up, trimmed it up and created like a bonsai looked phenomenal so mm. um you just got to be a little creative you got to look at it say hey what can i do with that maybe get a, get a little creative with the pruning trim off a few branches and uh, and see what see what it looks like after that point let's go to the phone lines we're going to go to Ben. Good morning, Ben. Okay. Sorry, Ben's gone. We're going to go to Karen. Good morning, Karen. Hi there. Hi. How can we help you? Um, Good. First, a, a quick kudos. A few years ago, we finally took the plunge, like you suggested, and cut down our Cotone after. Yeah. And it came back beautiful. So anybody hesitated to do so, don't. It's a little bit gut-wrenching at first, uh-huh. isn't it? Yeah, you sort of like, is that guy sure he knows what he's doing? <laughs> oh, you wouldn't believe what it took to convince my husband. And then we did it. It's like you, all the neighbors like, oh, my God, it came back so fast and full. And... Yeah, because so... what it is, it's just all that energy is typically trying to be used to regenerate that old wood. Mm. And and so when you take it down, the plant still has all that energy in the root system, but now it can push it all to new growth. So that's uh, the results you'll get. Yeah, nobody should hesitate. <laughs> awesome. Thank you for that. Okay, so <laughs> now we're on to another project. He's waited two to three years to try. Um, we're going to take up the grass around the perimeter of our deck, probably 18 to 24 inches out from the deck. Um, okay. But we've got a lot of clay right in Chestermere. And we've got a lot of clay under the grass. So how much, how deep should we go? And what kind of drainage should we put in there? Um, Are you making flower beds? We're going to do like, well, the debate is between shrubs or perennials right now. So, but yeah, probably some kind of flower bed or something. (laughs) 
Well, if you're just doing shrubs and perennials, you really don't have to do a ton. Like this, remove the remove the sod, and where you're going to plant, dig down and mix some of that clay with some new garden soil, some loam, oh. maybe three-in-one garden mix, and just mix it in the area, and then just replant it. And then if you're going to put bark mulch over top, like you're, yeah. you're fine. You don't need to do a whole soil rejuvenation because most of it sits on top anyways, like two or three inches. And so long as you like dig the hole two, like two times the size of the plot you're doing, that's going to give it lots. Okay, because we've only got probably about six inches of topsoil before we hit the clay. Yeah, that's, that's lots compared to most people in Calgary, to be honest. Okay. And we we don't know whether we should do uh, if we should build it up a bit and kind of frame it out to a to you know make it a firm garden for when we mow the lawn and stuff or should we leave the edges open? Um, it really depends on what type of maintenance you do. Like the look of a nice edged lawn. If you if you or your husband is very into doing the trimming with the weed whipper, keeping mm -hmm. that nice and neat. Like I love that look. Mm -hmm. But if you want to do bark mulch and like a nice brick edge, that that works hmm. good. I did that in my front because this springtime, I, I like trimming a bit, but I'm not as uh, anal as I used to be. No. So. <laughs> <laughs> so my husband's doing, and so for sure we don't need any drainage because we had um, a mountain ash near where we're going to do this, and it eventually died. And those things in our last house were hard to kill, and we had two. Um, Laurel leaf willows that were beautiful that we bought um, out east of town, and uh, they grew great. And then all of a sudden, one kind of split and died. We had to take it out, and the other one's barely holding on. So I'm just wondering if it's if it uh, is, is really it a really really up. wet area, or is it? Uh, no, no, because our our yard kind of slopes away from the house gradually. Okay. Yeah, you should be fine as long as you're using a good soil bark mulch watered in okay. i think there's maybe some other factors maybe some frost cracks or some stuff with the oh. with the willow dying because typically a willow loves moisture like that yeah yeah it was doing fabulous and then and then it wasn't <laughs> yeah okay so right. I think for the most part as long as it's not sloping towards the house make sure it slopes away um, yeah. I, 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 like I, like I said, especially if you're going to do bark mulch, if you're going to do, do that nice soil look, then you'll want to maybe build it up, do a bit more of a mounded, add some nice soil and stuff like that in there for sure. Okay. Yeah. We did the bark mulch last year in the front of our house and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. No, that's typically what I do as well. It's, it yeah. makes it nice. Cool. All right. Alrighty. Thank you. Thanks, Karen. Talk to you later. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, we got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I am here with Terry Kemper. We've probably got time for one more. This is going to have to be a quick one. Let's go to Scott. Good morning, Scott. Morning. Um, I sent in a photograph of the issue. It looks like the grass hasn't been raked yet, but it has all these vein marks all the way through it. And I was... I've talked to a couple of people. They say it could be moles or voles, but but there's no piles of dirt like you would typically <sighs> see. What could that be? Yeah. So what it is, it's it's a, it's a vole, which is also a field mouse or meadow mouse. Um, so what they do is they typically when we have these deep snow like we had this year, uh, they like to just tunnel their way through there, 
and just chew at the grass and they make their tunnels underneath underneath the snow cover for the most part so what you got to do is next fall is i just put out those perimeter bait traps uh, the, with the green mouse poison in them put okay. that put a few of those around the perimeter of your yard and that will usually look after those but right now what you're going to need to do is give that a really good raking and if your grass is still wet just give it another week or so you can pull the 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 stuff that's been chewed up like those tunnels if you want to pull those off now you can do that but okay. just just don't get in and do too heavy a raking yet with our lawn so get in there when so when it's nice and dry and it's warmed up enough give it a really good raking and what i would do is hit it with our green it up lawn fertilizer fertilize the whole area and then in those tunnels just put a little bit of um, garden loam three-in-one mix mixed with grass seed and then okay. just fill those areas up level them out and start watering and within two or three weeks you'll be amazed that'll fill right in and uh, it'll be gone and looked after and if you're using our fertilizer it can rec it can recover a lot quicker than some of the other fertilizers because you're gonna have a nice strong root system so if you do get those voles that go through there um, it'll recover way quicker and be able to sustain your nice grass and and grow out of those situations. Okay, and you put those those bait boxes in at the end of the in the fall. Yeah, I typically do them in the fall. Just put them around the perimeter, and that way it keeps uh, keeps them at bay for the winter time. Good. Alrighty. All right. Thank you. Awesome. Bye Thanks, bye. Scott. All right. Sorry, Terry. We got to take another quick break. Right. Uh, <laughs> we're up against the clock here. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I almost said welcome back to Calgary. Listen to, to QR Calgary. <laughs> We're in Calgary, Merle. Don't worry. Um, welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening in Calgary. And I'm joined with uh, Terry Kemper, and he's the perennial tree lot manager down at Spruce It Up and uh, getting ready for uh, a beautiful spring day today. We're going to hit around 16 degrees, so... It's going to be a beautiful time to come out, get your soil amendments, get your pots. We had a lot of people coming out buying pots yesterday um, as we have a huge selection. And quite a few people told us we have the best selection in town. So we we did stock up pretty heavy last couple of years just with all the pandemic. We want to uh, ensure that we had a, a great inventory of pottery and uh, different things for you. So we weren't disrupted by the supply chain we have a great selection of of the pottery and we took advantage of a lot of the price hikes so we we're able to keep a lot of our prices in line and we weren't shipping very little at that very expensive rate and it is good to see that the rates are coming back down to earth which is uh kind of nice so <laughs> at uh, some of the some of the freight was getting a little crazy terry as we know when we're looking at bringing nursery stock in from different places as well like out of the u.s and uh and different things so that's uh it's it's definitely a deterrent i would say for sure it is i mean we have to, to just weigh that you know freight component as, as a huge factor of of bringing stuff in not that it's not available to us but once it gets to our doorstep um we just have to be conscious that uh, we can do it economically and um still offer that you know at, at, at a good price to to consumers so absolutely so it's a balance yeah for sure yeah no and uh, our our western canadian suppliers were starting to get some of the inventory back up but 
looking for larger evergreens and different things there's there's just not a lot available at this time so we are we're looking to uh to to reserve some and put them away in the nurseries for a couple years and hopefully grow them on so we can have some some larger ones for the future but the way things are looking right now it's a it's a tough go so let's go to the phone lines and we're going to go to jose not not jose josie sorry it's how i how i spelt it hi jose hello good morning did um, i say that I right would, it's jose yep you bet okay perfect Okay, I have a raised bed about 18 feet by 8, and I want to put some strawberries in there. What kind of strawberries nice. do you recommend? Cherry. And also the soil type, and do I need some covering protection for it from the birds, and do I need to mulch it in the winter? All sorts of questions. All, all, all of the above. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so what so, uh, type of strawberries are you recommending? Yeah, so strawberries are... Um, uh, we we have brought in strawberries already this year. We still have some um, call it bare root strawberries. And if you're planting a, a raised bed, that's probably the best way, most economical way. Um, I want to say there's three or four cultivars that we have in stock. Uh, the names I don't have off the top of my head right now, but anything that we've brought in, um, I've um, I've done the purchasing on it, and I've only brought stuff in that is hardy for us. So uh, okay. I know. As of the other day, that we had um, still a selection of them left here. Uh, I think they, they come in a bundle of about um, eight to ten plants per sleeve, uh, and I think they're about eight ninety nine a bundle. So uh, okay. that's probably the best way for a raised bed to, to get started. Uh, give that a couple seasons, and you'll start having um, more uh, offsets, more runners on those that you can pick up and replant. So it might take you a few years to get that bed up. You want to plant the whole bed in strawberries? Is that is that right? Yeah, I might throw a tomato or cucumber. Sure, leave a little spot at the end, end there but... for something, something else. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what I would recommend is just uh, come in and, and grab some of those um I can look up the, the names. Yeah, they're and, under and they're under a, a, a variety of June bearing strawberries is typically what a lot of them that we have in for our zone. Yeah. June bearing or the ever bearing strawberries are your best sort of categories for a lot of your strawberries that you can grow here. And if you do mound them up, um that definitely that that's nice. They love a good well drained soil. They like it nice and sunny. So if you want to mound it up a bit, I have seen them growing like with some fabric around them and they 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 put mulch or something around them cuz they are harder to weed around as they get thicker and thicker mm-hmm. so but as they send the runners too I would cut those off every so often so they so your plant stays condensed and it's not using all the energy just to send runners everywhere okay and the best um type of protection for well from the birds what do you suggest this that bird okay. netting, yeah. Okay, so get some okay. bird netting over them. Yeah, okay. That's and the then best. Mulching in the winter. Um, definitely it doesn't hurt to cover them up. Um, just it, it just a light compost, cocoa moss, something like that. I've seen people use straw if you don't mind that look in your yard to clean it up after. Um, but just don't pile too much. They're pretty hardy, so they like you said, if you just cover them up with with uh, leave the the dead leaves on them, don't clean them up let them die oh, okay. upon themselves sort of thing. And you can do a bit of a fall cover, like um, either some of the hemp straw or the regular small bales of straw. 
I, I prefer using like the the cocoa moss things like that, and you can just pile that around it, and you're you're good to go for the winter. They're pretty hardy, like the ones we're doing for our area are nice and hardy, so the, so they're going to be well for you. Okay, and then um, what type of soil? Just a, a good well, like a good garden mix with like a sea soil is really good for them. They love right. growing in that. Um, they like a compost, like just not, don't go to the heavy manures and things like that. But if you stick with some of the, like the good organic compost, a, a good potting soil to mix in the existing soil, depending on what you got to start with. Um, those are all okay. great. Okay. All righty. Perfect. Thank you very much for the advice. All right. Thank you. Right. Thanks for calling. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm and I'm gonna I'm gonna grow some strawberries on a wall. I got a a very hot fence wall area, Terry. So I'm gonna build some planters, and I'm gonna try some type of trough um, strawberries because um, just love when you're when you get to eat that kind of fruit right off the vine, um, it just tastes so good. So I'm gonna I have a couple of warm areas that I'm gonna try and grow some strawberries, um, and I did have some from the Sunterra market. They grow a lot of their ones locally here. I went out there and picked some up. Um, they are good. Like they're, they're nice tasting local grown strawberries. Nice. So when you, when you do have that uh, capability and they're not shipped all the way from Mexico and preserved <laughs> and things like that, yeah. by the time you get them, it's just a hunk of, a hunk of fiber, which is, I guess still good for you. But when you get those good ones, locally grown definitely makes a difference. Let's go to where are we at for time. We're good. Let's go to Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Merle and Terry. Good morning. I have um, sort of a two-point uh, question. Uh, we live in Haysboro, and when we moved in here, people had planted a lot of trees. Ours wasn't that way, so we were given a mountain ash, and we planted it in the backyard and after the big snowstorm last fall when it was full of berries it just broke and mm. had to come down so the tree is down thanks to my daughter and um and the stump is ground so the first question is can i compost all those chips that are there or is that be going to be two lifetimes to amount to compost? It, it will take about a year or two before you get, but if you have an existing compost pile and do. you do composting, like a compost bin, yeah. um, it, it'll, it, it'll go pretty quick. Okay. But if you're just leaving it in a pile, it definitely takes a while before it'll be compost. Oh, like no. I know I have to move, move it. I just wondered if there was any kind of, like, there's some trees that have a lot of um, turpentine. I don't know if that's what really you call it anymore, but that's what used to be. Yeah, in. no, you'll be fine. Mountain okay. ash is fine. Just now, ensure that if any of the, if it was diseased or anything like that, maybe um, don't use that wood. But if if most of it's fine, like it's a it's a softer wood, it'll decompose fairly readily, especially if you got it in a composter. Okay. Okay, the second part of this is that tree was planted in front of our deck, so and it's on a patio um, interlocking brick thing. Well, they're not interlocking, but it doesn't matter. 
Um, can, what could I plant there in front in a four by four? Uh, it, it isn't a big spot, and I would like some kind of a screen <laughs> in front of in front of the deck. I'll let Terry answer that. So four by four is the the size of the planting area. Yes. Okay. I, and how much room do you have up top for that? Whatever we plant there to get. Oh, it could go. It can go as high as it wants to go. I mean, so do we have like in my eight lifetime, to ten, eight to ten feet wide, fifteen to twenty feet tall? Um, I I don't think it'll be twenty feet tall tall okay. soon, but it, it's just yeah. some kind of a screen between me and the people driving up and down the back alley. Sure. Okay. I my my first go to would probably be something like a lilac. Oh. Just okay. because they can get big fairly quick. They won't take years and years. They can get to be, you know, uh, 8 to 10 feet tall and give you that nice screening. So similar as you would get with, uh, you know, like a, a small ornamental tree, like a gladiator crab apple, which is another good choice as well. But lilacs make great screens uh, and they do well here. They love our alkaline soil and they grow fairly quick. I know so lilacs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know gladiator, gladiator crab, but uh, either I, I was worried that it was too small uh, an area to plant a tree that might get that big. It gets it'll get lots of water, big, but it doesn't get uh, it gets sun too, but not as much. So thank you for your help. I I don't know what else to ask you, but I uh, we have breakfast with you people every Sunday morning. So oh, thank, thank you, you for your but... help. And, That's and, awesome. Yeah, Thank those you. ones, you, know, you have quite a good variety of space there. So just come into the tree lot. You can visit with Terry. He can show you around. Then you can physically, you can see what tree you like. And then we can get it set up for if you want delivery and install as well. Or if you guys want to plant it, you can do that as well. But we can uh, get you set up that way. I Thank you. I, I, I have made a number of trips down there, so I know my way. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Perfect. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye-bye. All right, we should probably take a break. If you want to join us on the phone lines, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Very good Sunday morning to you. Andrew Schultz, QR Calgary, on location at the Delta Calgary South, you know, the corner of McLeod Trail and Southland Drive. I'm in the atrium building, and this is the Kidney March Expo. The Big Kidney March takes place September 8th through 10th. But getting you geared up, getting you ramped up, helping you get your team together and register. Did you know that 1 in 10 Canadians have kidney disease? That's approximately 4 million people in our nation. The leading cause of kidney failure is diabetes at 38%. Serious business, folks, but we can make a difference together. In 2020, by the way, kidney disease was the 11th leading cause of death in Canada. So this is your chance to make that difference, to get family and friends together, to support those friends, family, coworkers, our neighbors who do live with kidney disease. Do what you can. Get on down here. Learn more about it. The Kidney March Expo taking place today at the atrium at the Delta Calgary South, corner of Southland and McLeod. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm here with Terry Kemper. And we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Craig. Good morning, Craig. Yeah, good morning. I've... uh going to put some flowers in the front yard for the first time because of the deer 
I've got hollyhocks and poppies. I think those are deer resistant. But the question I have, I've got hollyhock seeds from the backyard from last year. Will they bloom this year? Terry? So hollyhocks would need to have uh, they, they're biennial, so they would start. Uh, you'd sort of shake the seeds out. They would uh, germinate. They uh, sort of grow that first season, and then second year will produce the, uh, the, the, you'll see the blooms come in those second year plants. So, Okay, all right. Takes, Great. takes a couple up. years, but yeah, just what you've got there, shake them out, uh, and they'll take care of themselves. They look after, you know, um, once they're in the ground, they look after when they flower, so. And those should be deer resistant, right? Hollyhocks? Uh, yeah. I that one I don't know. I can't there. say for sure. I know. Uh, I, I know people say that they're they're deer resistant, so, so things that deer won't go after as a first go. Um, I'm not sure if hollyhocks are part of that group. Um, I've not had experience. Snapdragons are one that uh, the deer okay. tend not to eat, so you can try those. Maybe okay. mix some of those in there. Yeah. All right, great. Okay, thanks, guys. All right. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. And sometimes I think deer, they don't always read the rules either, right? I think they, they don't. can, uh, they can uh, tend to, uh, you know, just uh, get in there. And, uh... <laughs> yeah, I've talked to a number of people in, in the garden center over the years that um, I used to, um, we have, you know, we have lists and, and charts of, of deer-resistant plantings but it's resistant doesn't mean that it's deer proof right so yeah. things that i've talked to customers about you know i say anything that's got a terrible mouth feel so that's got like a barb um or a thorn so like roses and barberry and that kind of thing um i've talked to people and they've said no they ate all my roses they ate all my barberry so uh, we hate to use the line that deer will eat anything if they're hungry enough but they truly will right just that we can put some things in our yard typically that they'll go after sort of last um they'll chew up some other things before they get to those things so yeah just looking on the list on more of the annuals it's a little bit tougher because they do love a lot of the different annuals but i know snapdragons are one that but a lot of times they'll just it depends how often they come around because sometimes if they come in and chew your petunias down you're gonna have the nicest petunias after that because they just they just trim them really nicely like they just chew the buds off and they're actually quite good at that they can just chew off just enough like they never eat the whole plant they just eat the buds and and then your petunias when they flush out that second time you're gonna have probably the most beautiful petunias I've ever had but just looking <laughs> on a list here uh, peonies astilbe globe thistle oriental poppies bleeding hearts salvia allium are are a few of the siberian siberian iris are a few of the of the perennials that are listed as somewhat uh, um, deer proof or deer resistant, like you were saying. So, yeah. anyways, let's go back to the phone line. We're going to go to Robin. Good morning, Robin. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. How can we help you? Hey, um, well, I sent a picture also with my question. Okay. Uh, we've got a south facing garage in a, with a perennial bed and there's a potentilla in between a jackmanty clematis and then a honeysuckle vine. And the potentilla is very old and we've tried deadwooding it and using Rage Plus and the high middle number fertilizer. It's just not blooming over the last few years like it has passed. We're thinking of replacing it. 
And what okay. my question is, we're looking for something that's got either fall kind of reddish-orange foliage, like a shrub-type thing, or low, like perennial, um, or something that's got fall blooming, if you have any recommendations. Well, I'll do the I'll do the the purple leaf shrub. I, I love the nine barks. There's quite a few varieties of nine barks that are super hardy, um, give you that really nice foliage. They don't mind being trimmed up, um, and you can get them anywhere from two feet up to six feet in growth, um, depending on the variety. So the nine barks have a good one, and uh, and then I'll let Terry suggest um, some fall blooming perennials. Yeah, I, I did see that photo. Uh, I'd, I'd probably look at adding um, also some something that's maybe got some height because you got some height with the, uh, the 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 two two climbers on each side. But some Carl Forrester grass would be really nice in there. Uh, I'm also a big fan of pairing um, Hardy Rose. Uh, Therese Bounier, uh has really nice bright red stems through the winter, so that's going to give you some winter interest with uh, with those and the grasses and probably. Add in some sedum there too for for that nice fall blooming. So like some um, the like uh, autumn joy, seeds. yeah, like autumn joy sedum uh, would mm-hmm. look real nice in there as well. And that's going to give you that blooming in the fall. Possibly, you know, some rubecchia, some coneflower as well is going to give you that blooming into into September. Okay. Uh, and some of the you could also do go get into if it's nice and sunny. You could also you could add. Uh, a quick fire hydrangea and oh, yeah. so because by the fall you get the white in the summer yeah, and then once you get the good fall option. you get a nice you get a nice pink sort of reddish blooms and uh nice and hardy and uh, give you a really nice show there awesome um may i just ask one other thing i heard about planting the hollyhock seeds but uh can you replant pumpkin seeds that, from your pumpkin that you've grown years previous absolutely Yep. Okay. Yeah. No, we've done that. We've 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 saved and uh, and uh, and regrown pumpkins. Definitely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Awesome. All right. Well, enjoy and let's hope for some spring. Sounds good. Yep. Talk to you soon. <laughs> bye. Right. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Um, we got about one minute, Terry, before we have to hit this hit the um hit the sh- the commercial break here. Okay. I'm just thinking again for for fall. What are what are a few other perennials like we got autumn joy sedum? Maybe just name two or three more before the break here. So autumn joy sedum, um, uh, Rebecca is is a really good yeah. one for the fall. Uh, the cone flowers typically will will start um, sort of that mid to late summer, so they'll carry on to the fall as well. And the nice thing about those plants is that they're. Um, to me, they're architectural perennials too. So uh, we get the, the, the blooms, but they leave the, the nice seed heads. So uh, you get that that great winter interest with those seed heads uh, poking above the snow line. Um, the taller sedum, like the sedum autumn joy, is another nice one that you can add in there for fall. Perfect. Oh. All right. We got to right. take a break. Okay. Yeah, we got to take a break for the news here. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Sid. 
Good morning, Sid. Um, hi. Um, hi there. I've got I've got a question about burning bush. Um, like last year, it was kind of spindly, so I was thinking about uh, pruning it. And then just mm-hmm. over the well, actually yesterday, some dogs were in there and they were sort of chewing at it. So I'm just wondering what the rules of engagement for uh, pruning burning bush are. Hey Terry, you want to take that one? So if it's looking a little spindly, uh, anytime I'm pruning any shrub, I try to follow that rule of the, sort of the, that one third uh, of the canopy size. So how big is that shrub right now? Uh, it's probably about uh, four feet. Four feet. So I think you'd be comfortable cutting about you know foot, foot and a half off of that and try and shape that into um, a nicer looking shrub. And what's your fertilizing been on that uh, typically? Nothing nothing so uh, i'd probably beef up the fertilizing a little bit even something like 20 20 20. Uh, don't have to get too crazy on that but it's good definitely going to bet uh, do its best for you if it's getting a little bit of fertilizer as well so i think okay. that and the, the the pruning and the cleanup should uh, see a big change in that this year for you okay can i ask a question about um, top dressing sure sure yeah. okay so i've got a you know my backyard is probably uh five six paces by six paces, so whatever that is in square footage. And I had it sodded a while ago and it wasn't done very well, gaps. And sort of over the years, I've sort of been filling in every now and then I've got a big golden retriever. And so I have to replace, you know, maybe three feet section and I'll buy a piece of sod or something or other and put it in there. So anyway, I want a top draft. And so should I just get the top draft, get, you know, big yellow bag, whatever spread it around and should I add fertilizer and or grass seed as I'm doing that or what's the yeah what what we'd probably recommend is give it a good spring cleanup here okay. um get our greened up lawn fertilizer it, it's the one with the high middle number so it's going to yeah. get yeah it's going to have yeah. a good root system and then also use dog spot prevent if you have one area where the lab goes treat treat it three times a year with the dog spot prevent and that will neutralize the urine, and then you won't get any dead spots. Okay. And you oh, won't have to replace. He goes everywhere. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it, and if you are using the fertilizer on a regular basis, it definitely helps with that as well. Okay. Recovering. Now, should, but should yeah. I, should I do a couple? Like do it spring, do another one in the fall or whatever? Of the top dressing I'm talking about. Um, I just do it usually in the spring if you just do it when the grass gets actively grown. So give it a good power rake. Um, yep. Give it the fertilizer and let it yep. get grown a little bit. Yep. And then if you want to do a top dressing over the whole thing um, and yep. it's actively grown, it'll just uh, it'll just eat that loam up like crazy and uh, you'll be totally good. Okay, so wait till it like needs its first cutting or something? Yeah, just right, right after that or just when you start seeing lots of green coming up, actively yep. growing. Okay. And then that way you don't have to, you're not worried about suffocating and or burying it. Let it get growing because it's already okay. thinned out a bit anyways and yeah. it needs a bit of help. So yeah, okay. then you're good to go. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. All right. Take care. Um, where are we at for time? We're good. Let's go to Peter. Good morning, Peter. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Of course. Uh, so quick question. My lawn... I let it go last year at the end of the season. I broke my ankle and I couldn't really take care of it. So it's yep. pretty long uh, this spring and wet. So I, I just want to know what the best way to revitalize it. Like, 
I guess I should wait till it dries and then rake it out because there's going to be a lot of long dead grass, I'm guessing. Yeah, so what I would do is just let it dry out, set your lawnmower at the highest setting, mow it, and then just lower it two or three times till you get down to your normal mowing height, and then just do a good cleanup, and then at that point, um, you'll see, like, you can do a power rake if you like, or just a good heavy hand rake. Fertilize, and lawn is very forgiving. It can be neglected, and then once you want to rejuvenate it, it really reacts really quickly because it's kind of died back to the root system. And if you once you start feeding again and mowing regularly, uh, you'll, it'll be looking great by summer again. Okay, another question. So uh, I seeded it. I didn't uh, put sod down, so it wasn't not the best looking lawn. And last year there was tons of clover coming in. Uh, okay. And it was re really growing in. I have a dog, so I don't want to put pesticides or anything. How should I get that under control? Um, really, there's not a whole lot. What I would do is you can overseed again at that point. Using our lawn fertilizer, the Green Up Lawn Fertilizer, it'll build the roots up on the Kentucky bluegrass that you seeded with, or fescues. Yeah. And those grasses are typically pretty invasive. They'll start choking out the other grass or the other clover in that um you can use the killex if you can keep the dog off for a few days and then it's fine so okay it's really just choking it out overseeding get your lawn healthier than the clover and then yeah. but if you neglect it the lawn will die back and weeds like that weeds don't Got like being mowed so that's why you have the overtake of the weeds and not so much the grass grass loves being mowed it'll thicken up and when you feed it and weeds hate it so they'll start disappearing okay and do i have time for a question about my uh, mount royal plum trees sure awesome yeah so last year i planted them two years ago i haven't had any fruit yet uh, I gave it a good pruning this spring, um, but last year I noticed there were lots of spiders all over the tree. Uh, should I be spraying it or doing something else to get that under control? I'll let Terry answer that. So were they forming uh, webs in there? And Yeah, webs, like tiny, tiny spiders with webs all over the branches and encompassing the buds, kind of. Mm, okay. Um, yeah, I'd probably... Just treat it with uh, uh, pure spray green, which is horticultural oil, to, to get that under control. Also, a good water blast will do uh, a lot, too. So if you're out and you experience something like that, don't be afraid to get the hose out and just um, give that a blast. And sometimes you can do that you know, over the course of uh, a week or two, and that'll really help eradicate that population. Outside of that, if you're looking to, to, to get a, a kale on it with, with a product, I'd probably go with your spray green on that. Okay, got it. And the the clover was like taking over the base of the tree? Okay. Uh, I would recommend making a tree well around it, like sort of dig out the grass and weeds around your tree and then either yeah. fill it with bark mulch or something like that yeah, and make it nice so that way you're not trimming yeah. up. Or, it, or tempted to go up against it with the weed whacker or, or the lawnmower. How how big should I make that? I know, uh, like a foot out, 12 inches around the, depending on the size of the tree is a, is a good size. 
Okay, perfect. Or if it's a larger tree, then it grows as as you can go, like up to two or three feet. But if you just start out, if you go a foot out from the diameter of the of the trunk, you should be fine. Okay, super. I appreciate it. Awesome. Have a good one. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Yeah, that's important. And, and Terry, we should just touch on that really quick. I do think it's important, um, and maybe we'll do that right after the break, just giving the tree room to grow, not competing with grass. And and all of us as people, we we all we will become – you get a little bit lazy, right? If, if the grass is growing, you're thinking, I'm that skilled weed whacker guy. <laughs> I, can, I can go – I can get it without hurting the tree. I know I can. Right. And then you go, ugh. And then, so try that around your leg, and and then see how good you are, and then you'll realize that you're you're probably not that skilled with that. You're thing. not as good as you thought you were. Yeah. Yeah. So we have the little weed whiffer marks on your ankles, <laughs> and they just know how your tree feels when we uh, when you go up against uh, your your trunk because they don't like it either, right? It, it hurts no, them, it, right? It takes the right. bark off, and it, it doesn't get it. any chances. And no. Nope. And you see that on your columnar aspen, that's what really spreads the that bronze leaf disease is the damage from weed whacking, things like that. It, it lets the mice in, it lets disease in. It starts the girdling of your tree if you do it all the time. So really important, always have a tree well. Remove the grass around the perimeter yeah. of your tree. Um, it, it'll make all the difference. We got to take a quick break. You're listening right. to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Andrew Schultz here from Mornings with Sue and Andy on QR Calgary, and I am here with Evelyn. Evelyn, why is it important for you to take part in the Kidney March? Hey, Andy. Kidney March is so important to me. Uh, I believe in their goals and their objectives, and, um, you know, it become a part of my life to the point that this is my fifth year of doing Kidney March. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Let's talk about the, the companionship and teamwork. Like, it really brings people together, doesn't yes, it, Evelyn? Yes, I have never seen such closeness, you know, in any other organizations or, or group but Kidney March. And this is also one of the reasons why I kept coming back. It's just like we are one family, you know? Yeah, everybody is just so happy to see each other. And that is because we are all doing the same thing for the same goal. Great stuff. You can learn more as well. The Kidney March Expo at the Delta Calgary South, corner of McLeod and Southland in the Atrium Building. Get on down here. QR Calgary on location. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and we're here with Terry Kemper. We're going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Hi. Hey. Good morning. How can we help you? Good morning. Um, I last spring I planted um, two um, Wichita Jupiters and one um, Mugle Pine pom pom tree, and uh, they were doing good. And I kept putting snow. They faced the north, but I kept putting snow on them all year. But the Mugle Pine looks a little sick. He looks a little brown, and his leaves are not, or his petals things are not doing too good. But I was wondering, um, should I put some fertilizer on it now? Um, Terry, go ahead. Yeah, I probably wouldn't fertilize it just yet. Like, let that ground thaw. Um, let that plant, you know, uh, wake up and, and know that it's spring. As okay. we sort of round the corner into that, you know, that mid-May, you can uh -huh. start putting fertilizer. I'd say hold off about a month before it start fertilizing that thing. Really? Well, what's going to stop it from going downhill? For, like, right now, it's starting to really not look good at all. Well, the, the problem with evergreens is that when, when, when we see damage on them, um, yeah. the, the thing that caused that damage occurred 
months and months and months before that. So uh, it's it's hard to you know uh, assess exactly what what's happened there. But uh, ah. so that soil is. Um, what's your soil like in that area? Well, I've got it in a flower, and they're in kind of like a, a planter, a flower garden in front of my window and that and so it's pretty good it's not bad i like you know i put um new soil in when i dug the the for the holes and i put mike and i did you know and i keep doing right. looking after them and babying them and so you know but last year somebody did tell me that i was putting on the um wichita that i was putting too much water because some of the branches were getting a little bit yellow Right. So I cut back on that, and so I don't, you know, don't give it that. But then I heard you was last week that you, somebody said that you could put some of the um, lawn fertilizer on it. Could I throw some of that on there? Yes, you could, but I would, yeah. I would still wait for, like Terry said, like evergreens, this time of year, they have their winter color, too. They yeah. kind of go gray. Like, I was looking at my, I have a to- couple of topiar mugos in the front yard as well. And this time of year, they don't look good. Like, even when Terry and I were just out at the nurseries, all the evergreens kind of have their winter color. Oh, do and they? Then okay. once it warms up, when, once the sap and the moisture from the ground starts going back into the foliage, they start coming back to life. They start looking better. Uh, but right now, I, they kind of yeah. still have their winter they have their winter face on for a bit, right? They and I have just... still been putting, like, right up until about a week ago, I was still taking, I have, a like, a little dustpan, and I take it, and I throw all the snow from the grass yeah, on no, there. And that's perfect. It slowly melts, gets in there. So once it starts going, once it warms up and thaws out, especially being on the north side, it's going to take it a little bit longer. Yeah. So once it warms up, though, and the, and the moisture starts going up into it, you'll start seeing it um, change. So when you start seeing some new growth, pop out like the new little candles starting to form yeah. on the ends of them that's yeah. when you want to fertilize then you can give yeah. it a shot of 30 10 10 at that point um something yeah, like that. that yeah no or that's what perfect. about rage this, plus could i put that on it i would i would stick with the 30 10 10 we want to get some trace elements in there okay and 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 just do that give it a good hosing down wash all the dust off like even today like today if you want to get out and just hose it down um, it'll appreciate that. Like it'll, oh, okay. it'll say, yeah, say, hey, freshen me up a little bit, a little shower, knock yeah. the dust off, knock any mites off, cleans it out. And then that way, once it warms up and starts pushing, it'll push the green colors back in. And and then at that point, when you start seeing the fingers, like I was saying, that's when you want to yeah. fertilize. Because even my fr- even my cedar in the back, I've got one that's been uh, that was like had the bulge, you know, on it. And it's but I've let it grow out a bit. But it's starting to look really brown, like you know, I. I, and it's old, yeah, some so. of that might be some winter kill. Like if you are getting brownness, it's hard to get that back. So, yeah. um, what one thing you can do if you if you do if you want to take a picture of it, you can bring it down to the garden center, and um, Chris or Terry or somebody at the store can have a look at it. Um, and help you out that way or to a garden center, depending on what part of town you're in. Oh, I go to and... you. <laughs> I live at the okay. other end of town, but I go to you. <laughs> Thank you. But, yeah, so if you come that. out, we should be able to help you out. If you're getting the brown on the juniper, again, let let wait till – Wait, just be a bit of patient. Like the evergreens at this time of year, they still have their winter color. We're just, they take a little bit longer to get out of that. And then okay. they'll brighten up really quick. We get our spring rains that knocks the dust off. But you can definitely help out with that. With just, just, just do the hose right yeah, now. Yeah, get out so. there today, hook the hose up, give it a good spraying, hose a bit of the sidewalk off, <laughs> you know, and into the flower beds. That all, because that's all beneficial to the to the plants, right? You're not washed down the sewer. But I know. anything around the flower beds, if we hose the sidewalks off, that moisture is going to go into the roots. 
and yeah. and then that that's great. All right. So okay, well I'll try that one. Thank you very much. I'll, I'll, All right. I'll wait Have, for... Are you doing your Are you doing your spring cleanup? Yes. Would yes, you I am want doing... a I, like... Would you like a one eight hundred got junk hundred dollar gift card to help you out with that? Oh, that would be lovely. All right. Well, I'm going to put you on hold, and Renee will get your name and number, and we'll get that um, gift from our good friends at 1-800-GOT-JUNK. We'll get you that uh, gift card to help you out with your spring cleanup. Well, thank uh, you very much. That's very nice. I appreciate that. Congrats, Wendy. And (laughs) we're going to take a break, and we'll put you on hold. And uh, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on QR Calgary. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. We're on our last break here, and we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Meredy. Good morning, Meredy. Hi, Merle. Hi. How can we help you? Good morning. Meredy here. I have um, a hydrangea that I purchased at a store, and it is lovely. It's doing well, but it does say that... It's called an indoor hydrangea, though on the back side the directions say you can trim it down, trim it back, and plant it outside. And would that yeah, work that's in if Alberta? You're in, um, well, you can do it for the summertime, okay. and you'll have an annual like you'll get some blooms that'll continue to grow, but it it won't last the winter time. Like it won't it won't winter and come back for you. So and, that's and probably there, like a zone seven Vancouver or yeah, or that's California what I'm thinking. Type. Yeah. Burnaby, yeah. Yes. Yep. Okay. No, and they're they're great. We get them in at Easter time. Like we still have some. We use them in our summer pots too. Like we'll plant them in our in our summer containers. Like they make a great um, when you got your 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 filler, your spiller, and your thriller. Like they they're a great filler. Like give a nice big pot. You could have that in one side of it. And okay. Add some petunias or and then some uh, king tut grass, something like that, and it's it'll look great. And there's no way I could bring it in for the fall and winter. Yeah, no, you could definitely try. You can try and bring it back in, um, get it to rebloom. They still, and depending on what variety, they still need a dormant period because typically, I remember when we used to grow them, we'd get them in dormant. So they need to go. So if you have an unheated garage, yes, you could just you could leave them in a pot, put them in an unheated garage um, for two or three months, and there's there's a chance it'll it'll sprout back up early spring and trim them right down before I do that down to no, a couple inches no I no those oh. ones they'll come back on their old wood so I would just leave it let it okay. die back naturally and then once you let it go dormant um it should it'll tell you where to trim it if it's going to come back you'll see some green growth I okay. just had no luck getting to bloom again I so well, I'd like to try it but I thank you yeah, for absolutely. your your help yeah. Take care. You've got and a great show. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I think we got time. Let's go to Brian. Good morning, Brian. Hi there. Just have a question. Uh, the federal government a couple of years back was uh, on some kick about planting a couple of billion trees or putting a couple of billion dollars into planting trees or something. Yeah. And I was wondering how a person can get on the receiving end of some of those trees. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was in the several quadrants of the city. And depends if it's, I can't remember if that was the federal or the local government was doing that. 
But um, it was a federal one. Know, that was a Trudeau there a couple of years yeah, back. Yeah, so I, I don't think any of those trees ever got planted from what I hear. And that's nah. just another one of uh, Trudeau's. Uh, and uh, I don't need to go Two billion that trees or two billion dollars <laughs> worth of good trees for their, or whatever. For their <laughs> narrative. <laughs> what they're, yeah, it sounds good for the narrative he's trying to spew. But um, anyways, that's a different thing. But yeah, I'm not too sure. I don't think that one is available to us. And I don't think it's gone through anywhere. There was a good one with YYC Tree. And I know there was another one coming through City Hall. So you might call 311 and ask them if there's one going on right now. Because I know that okay. I heard rumblings of something locally. Um, all right. Okay, I'll give that a try then. That's all I all was right. wondering. Okay, all thank right. you. Thanks, Brian. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Not that my political colors ever show up on things like that. Let's go to <laughs> Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hi, Diane. Oh, Diane. Nope. I don't think – I think we lost her, unfortunately. Um. Okay, let's let's just go to um, we're just gonna go to a quick text here. Hi guys, I overwintered my succulents in the garage and going into seed. What should I do? Thank you, Pierre. Okay, yeah, yeah Terry already already answered this one. That's a good one. Collect the seeds and you can do that and and then after they mature on the plant and then replant them. Also, you could take cuttings from those as well, eh? Yeah, you could do. Yeah, just if if it has produced seed, just make sure you don't pull them off the plant before they've had a chance to mature on the plant. This is the big thing there. Yeah. So, and he has these uh, echeverias and type of succulents that uh, and just pretty cool looking blooms on them on, coming up the top. Yeah, just trim those right back, like Terry is saying, and you're good to go. Uh, this couple hours flew by, Terry. Thank you so much. Yeah, again. sure did. Um, and you'll be you can find Terry down at the tree lot uh, all the time now. So all this if week, you want yep. to go down and visit him, chat about trees and shrubs, you'll be down there getting it ready for spring. And uh, thanks for listening. And we'll get our garden on right here next week on QR Calgary. You, Andrew Schultz, QR Calgary Mornings with Sue and Andy, and I am on location this morning at the Delta Calgary South in the atrium. You know, on the corner of McLeod and Southland. And I'm here for the Kidney March Expo. Lots going on. It's a hub of activity. They have information sessions. Of course, the Kidney March takes place September 8th to 10th. This is going to get you geared up. This is going to answer your questions. This is going to tell you how to get your team together to make a difference in the 2023 Kidney March. Yes, information sessions going on. And I've learned a lot this morning. That one stat that really stands out to me, 1 in 10 Canadians have kidney disease approximately 4 million people in our country. In 2020, kidney disease was the 11th leading cause of death in Canada. You can be the one to help make the difference in treatment, in resources, in research at the Kidney March. Get on down here, the information session, the full expo, the Kidney March Expo on the corner of McLeod and Southland, Delta Calgary South in the atrium.